you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on all your favorite podcast directories, including iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and Spreaker. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. Love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call my vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this Christmas Eve and uh, you've got all your Christmas shopping done. If you're listening to me from the road, I wish you safe travels. And from the Dawes family to your family, I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, tomorrow's show will be uh, a compilation of Christmas music and Christmas stories. And then we'll be back on Thursday with more coverage of the circus that is the swamp in Washington, D.C. We're going to do the first half of today's show without mentioning the uh, the I word, but we're going to be joined in uh, in the second half hour by Eric Mitchell to discuss Nancy Pelosi's delaying tactics and uh, and what exactly crazy Nancy and the Democrats are up to with regard to threatening threatening to withhold these articles from Mitch McConnell in the Senate. But uh, there's been a a new filing in an Arkansas court that claims that uh, Hunter Biden is the subject of one or more or actually more than one criminal investigation involving fraud, money laundering, and a counterfeiting scheme. And this motion was filed uh, by the lawyers for Hunter Biden's baby mama, the former Washington, D.C. stripper, London Alexis Roberts, and quotes, sorry about that, quotes, um, Information provided by a private investigator that was hired by the baby mama. Her, his name is Dominic Casey, and his company is DA Investigations of Florida. And they have un- uncovered a massive scheme to the tune of $156 million that uh, changed hands between 2014 and December, or March 2014 and December 2015. The motion's titled Notice of Fraud and Counterfeiting and Production of Evidence. According to this motion, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and uh, I think it's John Hines, who are all associated with the Bidens and the Carries that are knee-deep in the Burisma corruption over in the Ukraine, became directors of this uh, this consulting firm, Rosemont Seneca Bohai, and they, uh, they worked to conceal the family members' ownership of this firm. They established accounts at Morgan Stanley and a China national bank that was used in a a massive money laundering scheme. The filing also states states that family members of the defendant, Robert Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and Christopher Hines, are business partners of Sergei Leshenko and Moikolai Zlovanowski in the Ukraine. And they're all currently under investigation for their part in a counterfeiting scheme. Of note, these two Ukrainians I just mentioned 
made headlines in August 2016 for helping to leak the so-called Black Ledger that was um, possibly a fraudulent document that resulted in the firing of then-Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. So this supposedly debunked uh, financial uh, illegality on, on the part of Hunter Biden, Christopher Hines, and Devin Archer is now part of a court filing, and you wonder if the mainstream media and American law enforcement agencies are going to continue to be able to turn a blind eye to all of this. You know, there is ample. You've got two uh, former Ukrainian prosecutors on the record now saying that that Joe Biden was part of a cover-up operation and had these uh, prosecutors in the Ukraine fired to protect his son, who was on the board of this uh, this corrupt Ukrainian energy company, to the tune of millions and millions of dollars, never actually set foot in the Ukraine. He was just a name that they put on their board so that they could use him in influence peddling. But um, the Democrats, and to this point, the FBI have steadfastly refused to investigate any of this. The the news organizations, so-called news organizations, haven't put any of their investigative teams on it, with the exception of One American News. But now uh, a small private investigation firm in Florida has started digging into this and has come up with allegations that are substantive enough to file as part of a court proceeding there in Arkansas. So <clears throat> next time you hear Joe Biden saying that all of this has been debunked and that nobody has ever found anything wrong, you can actually point to a court filing that says just the opposite. Now, there's going to be a huge effort in the coming weeks and days to, to try to uh, discredit these, this, this court filing. But what's going to be interesting to see is if somebody actually has to start answering the substance of these charges. Well, over in Virginia, uh, we are now seeing play out on the state level what is is actually playing out on the national level and that is um the major cities in virginia have been flooded uh with immigrants both legal and illegal and have uh turned the the state of virginia from a uh, reliably red state to a blue state with the all of the major statewide offices being held by Democrats, including the governorship, the lieutenant governorship, and the uh, the state attorney general, and both houses in the uh, the legislature in Virginia are now controlled by Democrats. But that, but the Democrats only control uh, about four or five of Virginia's one hundred counties. The vast majority of the state is. Um, not rural, not just rural, but, um, you know, less populated. And you've got these, uh, these counties like Fairfax and, um, and Alexandria that are just absolutely packed and they're outvoting the rest of the state. They don't have on the state level, the benefit of an electoral college. And so, um, these, these few counties are dictating terms to the rest of the state. And the first thing 
that the uh, widely discredited uh, Governor Northam has done is go after Virginians' gun rights. And what this has caused, what, what they're threatening, actually, is, uh, is to make anyone who owns a prohibited firearm, and they're, they're talking about semi-automatic rifles and, uh, and sidearms with a capacity of over 10 rounds, they're not just going to uh, ban the purchase or sale of those weapons going forward, but they're going to make everyone who owns one now a felon. And this has prompted a massive backlash in Virginia, where 90% of the counties have declared themselves as gun sanctuaries, sanctuaries for the Second Amendment. Now, I really don't care for this language. Well, I know exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, point out the hypocrisy of the Democrats who are declaring these uh, these cities and counties as uh, sanctuaries for illegal aliens, and they're trying to now declare themselves as sanctuaries for gun rights. I think that um, that should not we should not play into uh, the leftists' hands by declaring ourselves sanctuaries from laws. What what these counties should do is declare themselves uh, Second Amendment counties or constitutional counties where the highest law in the land is the Constitution of the United States, and that will take precedent over any of these uh, these unconstitutional state laws that will be passed there in Richmond. But a, a lot of the sheriffs in these, these counties, I think there's about 100 counties in Virginia, and... Uh, Ninety percent of those counties are now declaring themselves as Second Amendment sanctuaries, and they're uh, they're saying that these local sheriffs are not going to enforce these unconstitutional gun laws that uh, that Northam and the uh, the discredited Virginia Attorney General passed. Both of these guys, you recall, less than a year ago, uh, were involved in a blackface scandal where they were shown to having um, <laughs> painted their faces up black and and uh, and in the case of Northrum, maybe even donned a Ku Klux Klan outfit. So in order to try to worm themselves back into the good graces of the Democrats so they can get reelected, they're now threatening to uh, seize the weapons of the rest of the law-abiding citizens of Virginia. I've got a clip here. This is from the sheriff of Tazewell County, Virginia. And he's saying that if if the Virginia legislature goes ahead and moves forward with these uh, bans on people's Second Amendment rights, that he will, in fact, form a militia and deputize uh, everybody in the county uh, to protect their Second Amendment rights. I started this job. I swore to protect the people. I took an oath, which then leads to the agenda of everyone here behind me. For those that might have misunderstood the word of a sanctuary, I don't like the word sanctuary. What we are is we support our U.S. Constitution. I took that oath. I swore to affirm to the Constitution. I will do that. Every good citizen in here has the right to bear arms. I've been doing this for so long. And it breaks my heart to hear how much money you have 
And yet the men and women that are here 24-7, and they don't get treated better than that. So with that being said, I know that the board, I think I saw a resolution that says that we are pro-Second Amendment. I sure am. And I know the sheriff can start a militia if need be. So God bless each and every one of them. So this is really coming to a breaking point where these uh, these heavily populated uh, left-wing cities and counties are trying to impose their will on the, the, the mass, um, you know, geographical areas in this country that still subscribe to the protections in the Constitution and are willing to stand up for those rights. And the same thing's sort of happening on a national scale where these uh, heavily populated Democrat states on the coasts, California and New York, are trying to dictate to the rest of the country uh, that they're going to flood the country with illegal aliens, they're going to take away your gun rights, they're going to do away with the Electoral College if they uh, ever get power again, and they are going to, uh, from their lofty perches on the coasts, dictate to the rest of us how we will live and uh, and destroy our Constitution. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to look at uh, the latest developments on the China trade deal and other news. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So the president has come to uh, a um, an agreement with China uh, on a phase one of a trade deal that's supposed to uh, result in a blowout banner economic year uh, in 2020, just in time for this election. Uh, it does not settle all of the issues uh, at uh, uh, in dispute between China and the United States as far as trade goes, but it, uh, it seems to uh, move a long way down the road to ensuring our access to their markets and, uh, and uh, a more level trade deal. I'd just hasten to add that uh, no trade deal that you make with communist China is worth the paper it's written on, and we ought not to be trading with a communist uh, regime anyway and, and continuing to make them an economic and military superpower. But the president has moved forward here. I think that it will probably go a long way to ensuring his reelection because uh, there will be massive um, economic benefits to our economy, and it will uh, it will keep this uh, this trade deal from coming to a head during this election season. So Larry Kudlow, who is one of uh, Trump's trade negotiators, who is a, a dyed in the wool free trader, by the way. Uh, had this to say about the trade deal. Make no mistake about it. The, the deal is done. The deal is completed. 
White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow on Monday tried to address fears the phase one trade deal between the U.S. and China, which was finalized last week, two months after it was first announced, could fall apart. Under the trade agreement with China, the world's two biggest economies halted new tariffs that were set to go into effect over the weekend. And the U.S. will reduce some tariffs on Chinese-made goods already in place. In return, Beijing, according to Kudlow, has agreed to open its wallet. One of the things it covers, not just agriculture, but the deal includes a Chinese purchase uh, of American goods and services across the board. Uh, that includes ag, includes energy. It will include a number of industrial areas as well. We are going to double, we are going to double U.S. exports. The positive effects on economic growth in this country cannot be exaggerated. That's why I keep calling this growth year. And that's why I think in, in addition to, to lowering the tempers and, and putting some more certainty into it, I think you're going to get a very good business While U.S. officials have been quite vocal about the deal, Chinese officials have been more cautious, emphasizing the trade dispute has not completely been settled. Nevertheless, Kudlow is optimistic and said senior officials from both sides are likely to come together in early January to sign the accord. Well, we've uh, we've been down this road before, and uh, China has reneged on deals that they've agreed to in principle. We'll have to wait until January to see if they finalize this deal. If they do, then it'll probably, uh, you know, ensure that we uh, we go into this election year without any uh, negative aspects from realigning our trade relationship with China, and it'll probably result in uh, you know a, a a continued increase in the stock market and economic activity. Uh, a lot of people are wondering why China would enter into this trade deal when they could instead. Just uh, just try to hold out for after the election season and maybe get one of these uh, these globalist Democrats elected like uh, Joe Biden, who I believe the the, uh, the Chinese have uh, plenty of blackmail uh, material against with regard to their relationship, the Chinese National Bank's relationship with his son, Hunter Biden. And um, one of the possible answers to that question of why would China uh, enter into this trade deal instead of holding out and try to hurt the U.S. economy was was mentioned by uh, Jim Cramer uh, on of Mad Money fame on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, it's funny the uh, in the debate last night, uh, one of the, one of the hosts said, "Will the United States boycott the 2022 uh, Olympics, the Winter Olympics in Beijing?" It does seem like the Democrats would. That's something that President Trump would never do. So um, you have to wonder if President Xi isn't thinking, "Wow." I better get a deal done because these uh, Democrats, they want to go after me for civil rights, human for religious freedom. Um, and that's not what Trump does. Trump just wants money. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's really important to follow this because uh, President Xi may be boxed. Now, everyone thinks he's all powerful, but he may be boxed by democracy uh, because I didn't hear a Democrat uh, who I felt wasn't tougher than Trump when it comes to China. One issues that China find, finds unforgivable. You, you criticize them on human rights. That's so much different from criticizing them on buying. So Jim Cramer is saying there that um, 
that at least during the Democrat debates that the Democrat candidates are being tougher on China's record of human rights abuses, actually their tyranny is a better description of it, than the president is because the president is more concerned with benefiting our nation economically than uh, than protecting the the Uyghurs or the uh, freedom movement in Hong Kong. There may be some truth to that. I kind of doubt that the Democrats are sincere. They're just looking for an opportunity to criticize this president. I, I have no doubt that if Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg became president, that, uh, that they would in fact crack down on the, uh, the communist Chinese. And I think that they would probably uh, return to uh, our awful trade relationship with China. So we would get the, the, worst of both worlds i uh, will continue to advocate that we completely decouple our economy from china and that uh, we use our leverage with the other uh, uh, free democracies in the world to make them do the same Um, this china is becoming an existential threat to democracy in the world they're uh, they're making inroads through the uh, the huge uh, economic uh, powerhouse that we have made them to uh, to uh, to subvert democracy and violate human rights. They they've in fact got a a port deal, uh, a military navy port deal with uh, Greece, the nation of Greece at this point, where Greece is going to allow the Chinese military to install a naval base on one of the the um, the Greek islands in the Mediterranean. We've got to stop this, and the sooner we stop it, the uh, the less likely it will be to uh, become a major military confrontation. Well, you probably read last week that the uh, the U.S. Military Academy and the U.S. Naval Academy uh, have announced that they concluded an internal investigation of their cadets and midshipmen's and that they determined that the accusations that were made at the Army-Navy game, that, that their cadets and midshipmen were flashing white nationalist and, and white supremacist hand gestures, had now been investigated and debunked. You may remember that on CNN and on social media and on MSNBC, they were implying that our U.S. military cadets were flashing white nationalist signs by making this circle with their thumb and forefinger. And this went on for a couple of uh, days. They were being slimed on social media and on the left-wing uh, news shows. Here's, here's just an example. This is from CNN. The, the audio is kind of rough, so I hope you can hear it. Well, Brianna, we're learning that these investigations, which were pretty... Yep, that's the wrong clip. Somebody uh, jammed me up on Twitter the other day calling me wrong clip Dawes. We'll just play this one. There's been a lot of debate online as to whether this is um, a white supremacist symbol that is meant to say white power. That is something that first surfaced on 4chan, which is this toxic website uh, where a lot of uh, white supremacists and white nationalists uh, find refuge. Uh, The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has said it in the past. It is a symbol um, that has represented hate. Um, So the ADL and the Southern Poverty Law Center jumped 
on the uh, Navy midshipmen and the military cadets and tried to accuse them of white nationalism. It's now been debunked and shown to all just be a smear. There will be no apologies, though. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Eric Mitchell to discuss Nancy Pelosi's delaying tactics. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Mojo 5 As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, after ramming through the shortest and weakest impeachment in our nation's history, Nancy Pelosi sent the House of Representatives home for yet another two-week holiday vacation, while at the same time threatening to withhold the articles of impeachment from the Senate until Mitch McConnell agrees to her terms for the trial. So before Pelosi, Schiff, and Nadler were all saying that Donald Trump must be impeached without delay, they didn't have time for due process because he's an existential threat to the nation. But now those same people want us to delay so that they can withhold impeachment and hold it over Trump's head and damage him further. To discuss this, we're joined now by Eric Mitchell, retired Marine Corps Sergeant, GOP analyst, and CEO of Life Flip Media where he advocates on behalf of uh, veteran entrepreneurs. Eric, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. So uh, you're an uh, insider in the GOP. Um, give us your thoughts on what you think Nancy's up to. I wish I could figure out what Nancy's <laughs> up to, because I don't even think Nancy knows what she's up to, other than she hates the president and has since November 6, 2016. And it's just, I just call it a clown show, right? Because you've got all these actors on the left, and they don't really, I mean, after they did their vote, and, you know, you thought the next logical step that we've all been predicting is take it to the Senate, where we know they'll lose. They don't have the vote. And now she's like, I'm going to win. It's like she doesn't like it because it doesn't go her way. You know, the Mueller report didn't go her way. The AG, you know, the IG report didn't go her way. It's just, Everything doesn't go away, and she's like the, the kid who you know takes her ball and go home, and she doesn't like the rules. And it's like not everybody plays your rules, Nancy. It's just not the way this game is played. This is America, and somehow I don't know. I, well, we all know how San Francisco is. Those voters in, in California, they'll just put anybody on the ballot. Oh, they must have Just put them on there. It doesn't matter if they're qualified. Nancy just has this hate, and she doesn't care about America, and it's very clear. 
Well, you know, I think this is a really a, a, a strictly partisan political impeachment that they're using as a reelection weapon against Donald Trump. But I really resent the fact that they're sending everybody home for Christmas to hold this over everybody's head. And at the same time, raising this specter that they're going to drag this out all through the new year. It seems like um, what they're trying to do is say, if you don't you know, vote against Donald Trump in the upcoming election, we are just going to make your life miserable and, uh, and you can all go to hell. You know, I used to think that was true, but then you recently have heard even Senator Cory Booker talk about how he's afraid that America has become almost punch drunk. I don't know if that's the exact word, but punch drunk from this impeachment. Number one, is very boring to watch. It's like watching paint dry. Uh, you know, I'd almost rather go get multiple root canals without any, you know, sedatives than to watch this thing. Well, Eric, I, th- I think it, it kind of is like a root canal without sedatives. So it's <laughs> watching Adam Schiff, bug-eyed pencil neck Adam Schiff up there, you know, uh, telling these just monstrous lies. And then you go mm-hmm. over with uh, Jabba the Hutt, uh, Jerry Nadler. And, you know, this whole gang is just such a an unappealing uh, bunch of people. And, and they're not very good liars. They're not skilled liars. They're just um, you know, bold liars. They, they don't care how big the lie is as long as it serves their purpose. And that's true. And they also love what, one thing that I've taken away from this impeachment since September, since it started, I mean, and they've always kind of had this feeling since the, the election results of 2016 is the way they talk down to Americans. If you think about it and even Pat Oswald or whatever his name is, the actor who's so talented that he can only get voiceover work as a rat in a Disney movie, uh, you know, because they he's done it too, where he says, if you support the president or if you're a Republican, you're an idiot, basically, right? I mean, he used other flat and colorful words, but I won't use them on air. Mm -hmm. And it amazes me that we are the voters, and Pelosi and Schiff and all of these people in this circus, or as I call it the Jurassic Park because they're all dinosaurs, they just sit here and they talk to us like we're idiots. And they're feeding on the people who really don't don't have the time. You know, you're working hard. We all have the families and life and, you know, the holiday season. And everybody thought, oh, they impeached uh, the president last week. Oh, he got office, right? I mean, how many times did you see that? Especially on social media. It was everywhere. And it's like they feast on people not trying to empower themselves and get the knowledge that the president hasn't broken any laws. If you go look at the three other impeachments, or the two other impeachments, excuse me, President Trump hasn't done anything that's illegal. They haven't found any evidence, but they still, it just, it drives me nuts as an American to be talked down to. Even if, even if you believed yeah. everything that they've accused Trump of, that he uh, tried to withhold the military aid in order to get Ukraine to look into uh, their interference in the 2016 election and the, uh, the Biden's obvious, obvious corruption in the Ukraine, that would not be illegal it would actually be the president as the chief law enforcement officer in the land's job now they're trying to twist it around and say well he did it for his own political gain but there has been absolutely zero evidence uh produced to that end and what they're trying to tell us is you know we're able to read minds and we're going to impeach the president because we know um what he's thinking when he's doing his job uh you know i I, I thought when all of this started that it was kind of crazy for the Democrats to highlight this because it was going to expose Joe Biden and 
Rudy Giuliani is over there uh, really digging into that. But I'm kind of starting to suspect that Biden wasn't the only one that had his snout in the trough over there. And what they're really covering up is how widespread the corruption was in the Ukraine. Well, I mean, number one, let's kind of break down what you talked about. And I, and I like what you said. Uh, let's talk about what is the problem here. So, we, so what they have a problem with is President Trump, the president of the greatest nation in the world. He wants to take time with a country that's known for being corrupt and taking bribes and everything to make sure before we go give aid, <laughs> maybe we should check into to make sure that the new, the new prime minister is a good guy. But I don't have a problem with that. It's, it's our, it's our weapons. Why would we want to do that? We've learned valuable lessons. I can quote Iraq and Iran. Remember, mm-hmm. we've given weapons to them, and that hasn't gone very well. And then you look at whose hands in the cookie jar, and, you, and it always is the Soros family, right? Because right. if you look at it, the third party that shifts it people to is owned by the Soros. And then you're like, ah, you start seeing there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar. But what's funny is no one is making a big deal when – Biden hopped on Air Force Two and uh, flew to uh, flew to China when he was vice president of the United States and came back with a couple million dollars uh, in a bag. I mean, just kind of making fun of the bag. I don't know if he came back with it. And he just came back with his money. Like, well, what did you get that for? <laughs> what was that doing? So that's okay. It's just funny how the rules don't apply, and they do it with every step of the way, and it's just the hypocrisy. And I can't, I can't get over it. I mean, if you remember four weeks ago, we dealt with the, we had to call the lieutenant, lieutenant colonel, and how dare we? I mean, even I was attacked. Well, how dare I was like, we don't call officers by their rank. I was an enlisted marine. We call them sir or ma'am because they earn that. But you don't ever have to call them by their rank. It's very rarely you'll hear one of us called by their rank. But it's okay to attack Secretary of State Pompeo, by the way, graduated top of his class West Point, or one of their own kind, which they've destroyed in the last week. Pulled together, right? You got to remember, she's a decorated veteran, right? And they're destroying her. But oh, we could disrespect her, pump it, but hey, but don't this one they're, guy. They're very, they're very selective about which uh, military veterans are entitled to protection. They didn't ha- have you know any qualms at all about ruining General Michael Flynn's life and threatening to show mm-hmm. throw him in jail. That was perfectly fine with them. But this guy who basically, you know. Uh, uh, ignored the chain of command, leaked classified information outside the uh, command, and started this whole impeachment process. I believe he's the one that tipped off the whistleblower and filled his head full of these uh, these stories about this phone call. And we're supposed to uh, – he's supposed to be off limits. And another thing, you know, I'm a Navy veteran. Mister is actually an appropriate title for a military officer, that's what they call each other, Mister. They don't call each other Colonel or Captain or or uh, Ensign. They they call each other by Mister. Uh, so that whole notion that, and I'm going to continue to call him Mister Vendman because I think he is uh, uh, shamed the uniform. Uh, don't get me don't get me started on Mister Vendman. Yeah, I mean, but it's an interesting topic, right? As two veterans, I mean, to me, and I'm not. And when I say what I'm going to say, I'm not knocking the Purple Heart at all. But the way the media portrays, he's got a purple heart. I'm like, I have lots of fellow brothers from the Marine Corps. Those ancestors mm-hmm. that have bronze stars and and have you know purple hearts. But I've also been around our Medal of Honor recipients, and it's like they're not the same classification. But come on, don't put them on a pedestal. Like he gets called by his rank because he has a purple heart. Because you could go meet any one of the brave 
warriors that have a medal of honor around their neck. Number one, they're very humble about it. Anybody that I know with a purple heart doesn't even really want to bring it up. It's not like they walk around like a badge of courage, but this guy walks out with his chest out like he like he won an, like he won an award. And obviously nobody wants to get the purple heart, but this guy walks around with his chest puffed out in the way that the media wants to portray it is like he's like charged a pillbox at Iwo Jima. Well you know I'm who like, else had a purple heart? heart? Chief Gallagher uh, the seal that that uh, the Navy was trying to uh, prosecute for killing the enemy in combat, um, they and and when Trump um, went ahead and pardoned him for the the small crime that he was ultimately convicted of, I think it was taking a photograph with a, a dead enemy combatant. They absolutely melted down and said that that was a miscarriage of justice. They wanted to ruin Sergeant or um, uh, Chief Gallagher's life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're very selective when they want to support someone. If if they're true to their nation and true to their their oath, they honor the uniform. Then they can be uh, ruined. But if they're willing to join in with the Democrats' shampeachment, then they're off limits. Oh, absolutely. I mean, remember they wanted to take Eddie. They wanted to take his trident, which blows me away. You know, the Navy's still trident is something that these guys are several steal. And that's something that has nothing to do with anything. I mean, it's like trying to take the title of a Marine away from a Marine. It's just not going to happen. I mean, and to go after something like that, it doesn't matter what the guy did. He earned his trident. Like, being a SEAL, you're a SEAL. That is something amazing. It, it, I mean, I don't even know what the fill-out rate. I think it's like 90% or higher. I think he had like and six tours of duty. Yeah. And they want to they want to uh, dishonor him on his, on his yeah. way out the door. Is really yeah. unbelievable, and nobody stood up for him except for mm-hmm. Trump and and Trump supporters. The left was mm-hmm. uh, outraged that Trump had, in fact, you know, um, a, a issued this pardon for this minor charge that he was ultimately commi- convicted of. Uh, but, and that's just the, that's just that's just the UCM days, and you and I both know how funny those rules are. You can basically get charged with anything in the UCM days anymore. So it's it's funny that we talk about but I know sticking to you know the impeachment topic. I mean it's the same thing. They're just throwing to me it's like that adage of throwing spaghetti to a wall see what sticks. They don't have anything that sticks. And it's just embarrassing. And now we're dealing with a Christmas break. Of course they're on their two week almost three week paid vacation out of DC and we're gonna come back and we don't know what we're gonna get because it's play by Pelosi's rules, listen to shift go grandstand. Maybe over on CNN, Don Lemon will start crying again. It's just constant, and I'm just waiting for a day when it's going to be. Like, Can we just do like work? What you were, what you were put in office to do? What you were elected by the people of the United States of America? You're supposed to be making laws. I'm pretty sure we have other things that we need to be worrying about than waiting, wasting American tax dollars. Well, on I, this I think that's what's behind Nancy's promise to uh, to withhold these articles. I think she's sort of issuing a, an implied threat that if you don't remove this president or vote him out in 2020. We're going to continue to make your life miserable. Hey, Eric, I got to run out to a break. Can you stick with us and come back on the other side? Absolutely. Outstanding. Stand by. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. 
They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Meanwhile, other House Democrats seem to be suggesting they'd prefer never to transmit the articles. Fine with me. And the Speaker of the House herself has been unclear on this. Her message has been somewhat muddled. So here's where we are, Mr. President. We have the curious situation where following House Democrats' rush to impeachment, following weeks of pronouncements about the urgency of the situation, urgent situation, the prosecutors appear to have developed cold feet. The House Democrat prosecution seems to have gotten cold feet. Cold feet indeed. I think uh, what Nancy's trying to do is uh, is dig around for some uh, something else that they can uh, throw up against the wall to distract the actual impeachment proceedings in the Senate because it is going to be a, uh, a joke. These these articles are going to get swatted down. We're joined right now with by Eric Mitchell. He's a ex-Marine, a GOP analyst and CEO of Life Flip Media. We're talking about this impeachment, this sham impeachment they've got going on up in Washington. Eric, so uh, where do you think this is going from here? You know, I, I don't see any reason why um, Mitch McConnell can't go ahead and schedule a trial. And if the House doesn't show up with their managers, could just dismiss these charges on a default judgment. I agree with you. I, I don't know where else it can go. I think that's what Mitch needs to do is play their hand and take it to where get, follow the Constitution. That is the most important thing that we have to do. Remember, we've heard about the Constitution, the Constitution, right? Pelosi, Schiff, everybody talks about it. Well, how come when you need to enforce it, nobody wants to do that? So if Mitch needs to come in there, enforce it, let's get the trial, let's make them sit down at the table. And I get what the problem is. And Nancy wants to draw this out because they go look at who's running against the president to try to get elected in 2020. I mean, you, I mean, if you watch that debate, it was just, it was a nightmare. It was, you know, it's just, you got everybody going there. You've got old Dan Biden spinning around up there. I mean, and how many times have you ever heard anybody running for office? Tell you, I don't know if I would run for a second term. Well, not only are it's we like, going to uh, provide free health care to anybody that can sneak across the border. Now, <laughs> uh, Pete Buttigieg wants to pay reparations for people that were, were imprisoned by trying to sneak across the border and put them on a ha- fast track to citizenship. Old Joe Biden says, about, go ahead. Yeah. And don't forget about Yang. He wants to give everybody a thousand dollars every uh-huh. month. There you go. So you've, you've got free college tuition. You've got a thousand dollars a month coming in and you've got free health care. Even if you're in the country illegally, what the hell would reason would you have to get off the couch and stop playing the Xbox? You don't need to, you just go and maybe you've got some socialism in there too. It'll just be great. I mean, you, you can get, you can get your food stamps. You get a thousand dollars a month. You got your free health care and you can go to school. I mean, really, uh, that is how countries become Venezuela. First of all, there's no way they can enact any of this stuff. And I think, you know, as the campaign progresses, people are going to come to realize that, you know, we're $22 trillion in debt, and you guys are talking about running up more. 
Yeah, it's laughable. You know, you almost, I mean, it's not even funny, but it's like you hear their plans and you kind of look at each one of them. What was it, two debates ago, everybody was looking at a little bit more and going, you know, your your tax plan doesn't even work. And and then you saw this last debate where they're all attacking each other because all their plans, they're all filthy rich. They all make a lot of money. You know, their golden boy, uh, you know, Mayor Pete, he's... You know, he what, what's the population of South Bend? Like 175,000 people? That's not even a congressional district. Well, here's the dirty and little secret. Mayor Pete, Mayor Pete will never even be reelected in South Bend, Indiana, because they hate him so bad in that, that town for what he's done in office. And this idea that he's going to make it through the Democrat primaries when the Democrat Party is so heavily reliant on the black voting bloc and blacks are not going to vote for a gay uh, candidate. I don't care what you say uh, about, you know, uh, that being discriminatory or whatever. They're not going to do it. Those uh, The people that the blacks that vote in the Democrat Party are, by and large, good church people. They are not going to vote for Pete Buttigieg. So you wonder, you know, why we're being uh, drugged through all this. I guess he may actually push through in Iowa. He's winning by a healthy margin. That'll just serve to embarrass old joe biden and uh and they'll he'll come limping into new hampshire with his uh with his blue collar joe act at the same time promising destroy to destroy all the energy sector jobs is that before or after he fat shames people who dare ask the questions because he is running for office but he really doesn't like it when you ask questions because then he'll pick on you and fat shame you remember it'll be the same thing that he accuses the president of again it's, it goes back to what we started talking about the rules apply to one side, they don't apply to the other. And you just sit here and you just end up shaking your head going, okay, we'll put up a good fight. I, I love election season. I'm one of those sickos who loves watching it. But growing up with the, you know, Reagan versus caucus and, you know, those were the fun times. Bush and caucus, right? caucus cruising around in the tank. <laughs> those are good battles, right? I mean, these are things I grew up on. And now I'm looking at this and it's like, do you guys listen to yourselves when you talk? It's like you have a chance to come uh, talk to America and tell us how, okay, why are you better? What are you going to do that this president hasn't done? Prove it, prove me wrong, sway my vote. And they haven't done it because now it's just like, are you guys just going to just fight with each other on stage, pick on one person and not address any of the other issues that take place in our country with the borders being weak and the, you know, I, you and I could probably both preach about the veteran mental health issues that we have in this country because we'll lose another 22 veterans before today's over and nothing's done about that. The VA is a wreck. We have almost on the streets. And, you know, they want to worry about other things. And, you know, let's give everybody free school. And then I'll go, okay. You want to give everybody to pay the school debt? Well, better the people already paid for their school. You've got so millions of people in this country that can't afford health care for themselves or their family, and this bunch is up there on stage promising to take taxpayer dollars and spend it on health care for people that are in the country illegally, basically laying out the welcome mats, telling everybody, if you can sneak in, then you will have free health care. That would cause a, a flood at our borders that would be it would basically just destroy the country. But you know, I was. I mean, this is what, yeah, this is where we're headed, though. I mean, come on. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, what has it been the last two weeks? Let's see. We've had our military, our, our brave women and men that serve in our two academies. They've been accused of playing oh the circle God. game, which you and I are both familiar with. But come on, it was for forty-eight hours. These. Awesome yeah, those same people that were that were jumping to the defense of Lieutenant Colonel Vindman 
turned right around on their heels and started attacking uh, cadets and midshipmen on this obviously bogus charge that they were flashing white nationalist signs. And they did it, you know, day after day on Twitter. And when they were finally caught out and exposed as being, you know, left-wing lunatics, no apologies, no, no maya culpas, no, uh, you know, withdrawals. They just move on to the next target. Well, the next one was they were upset about Nerf guns. They want to ban Nerf guns, assault <laughs> Nerf guns. Seriously, I, I wish I was even kidding about this, but I, I, it makes me laugh. They're like, it doesn't bring people joy. It causes violence. And I'm like, no, I just watched my 12-year-old and my 15-year-old chase around their second cousin just two weeks ago in my house having a huge Nerf war, and they were laughing and having a blast, and everybody got involved, including the adults. I'm like, stop finding things for people to be upset about. Do your job, go be a politician, and stop looking to be offended by everything that happens in this country. And this, I think in the impeachment state, it works. Since late September, it's just like somebody set the country on fire. If you think about it, it's just craziness. And I blame them for it because nobody knows how to have that conversation. A lot of people don't understand the impeachment, and they're punch drunk from it. At the end of the day, it's nice to have this holiday season, and as much as I hate them spending tax dollars to be on vacation, I'm glad that we don't have to have a daily press conference from Nancy Pelosi. Well, I agree with you there. Anytime they're in Washington, D.C., it's uh, it's dangerous for the nation. you got to hold on to your wallets. Hey, Sergeant, uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your work with um, uh, veteran entrepreneurs and your advocacy at Life Flip Media. Well, we started uh, this company based on helping veteran brands grow. We've grown our mission. We work with professional athletes. We work with a lot of awesome brands and influencers throughout the world. And one of the things that I'm focused on now is helping these new veterans who are creating uh, uh, their brands and companies as they come out. Uh, every year, 250,000 veterans <clears throat> will exit the military and go into the civilian world. And if you look at the last time we were at war, uh, those folks from the baby boomers came on 25% became entrepreneurs. So my goal is to help those folks, give them mentorship and guidance so they can build their brand and have an opportunity to understand how to do it. And that's what we do. We focus on helping our military, our veterans that come out, and our meal spouses, point them in the right direction and help them get the network and understand the lingo and understand what's there. And I'm really passionate about helping about transition. Because one thing that the military has never really fixed is our transition. Everybody thinks that, you know, when we leave, it's this great shameless law of, yay, you're leaving, and we're so sorry to leave you to see you go, but they don't really give you any good advice besides go collect that employment and go find some sort of job. We're not going to give you very much training. We're not going to teach you what it's like out there. So these veterans are going and trying to get jobs, and they think their rate matters, and it does to us. But to a 24-year-old recruiter, they don't know, you know, I, I have the question asked to me, and I have friends who recently got out in the last two years. They're asked, oh, so what have you, why haven't you had a job in the last four years? Uh, and you're like, well, I was, I was on, you know, two deployments. Doing the hardest job uh, in the world. I, yeah, and, but I haven't been doing anything. Oh, but you went to school. I mean, I have friends that literally have used their GI Bill and went to school why at night when they could have been sleeping or video gaming or calling home, they did night school. And they got their degree and are getting out trying to get jobs. And it's just, it's amazing that we have this problem and we need to hire more veterans. We need to do that. I think there's some amazing brands out there that are doing a great job about it. 
Uh, and we need to get those folks out there. And it, it just, that's what our mission is, is to help get the word out. If you're looking to hire somebody good, put a mill spouse or put a veteran on your radar. No, they're going to, they're going to do the job. We are qualified. I think we're the best employees on the planet. We show up, we know how to work, and we're not going to sit there and be entitled while we work. There's no way you can get more management and life experience than uh, than being put in the military because you ri- rise up to uh, to uh, positions of responsibility faster than any other uh, organization. And uh, and these are uh, these are complex and um, and difficult jobs that they're experienced in. And if you need any help with your uh, advocacy for uh, veteran entrepreneurs, uh, send them my way, and I'll be glad to give them some good exposure. Oh, for sure, my friend. So uh, tell uh, tell the listeners where they can get in touch with you and how they can find out about your work. Uh, you can go to our website, which is lifelitmedia.com. Uh, we have we obviously have a website. Go follow me over on Twitter. I love Twitter, so follow me at Eric L. Mitchell. And you can follow LifeLitMedia, obviously. It's on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you want to be. That's where we're at. And uh, give us a follow. Tell us that you heard us on the radio. And we, you know, if you have a veteran that you think deeds our health and mentoring we'll hear about and point in the right direction outstanding eric l mitchell gop analyst ceo of life flip media and one of america's leading advocates for veteran entrepreneur you can find him online at lifeflipmedia.com or on twitter at life flip media eric thanks for joining us thank you have a merry christmas merry christmas to you well that's all for this edition uh this is our uh New or uh, Christmas Eve edition. We're going to be out tomorrow, Christmas Day, and then we'll be back on Thursday and Friday with more talk right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Hope you'll join us then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is. What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.